حنين إذ أعجبتكم كثرتكم فلم تغني عنكم شيئا وضاقت عليكم الأرض بما رحمت وضاقت عليهم أنفسهم وظنوا ألا ملجا من الله إلا إليه وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My most beloved علماء اكرام elders, brothers and all those listening over the receivers etc All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our creator, our nourisher, sustainer and provider Peace and salutations be upon our beloved master Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is very difficult in the context of what is happening in the world nowadays and especially what is happening to our brothers and sisters and our children, our mothers, our fathers, in, especially in Palestine, in Gaza, to talk about anything else and for us to even think differently. <coughs> Prophet Wasallam mentioned and the hadith I mentioned in the beginning, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ that we cannot count ourselves as complete and perfect believers unless and until we love for our brothers what we love for ourselves. Allah mentions in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةٌ All the believers unto one another are brothers. And we are like one body. We always hear these examples. We are like one body. If one part of the body feels pain, the rest of the body is at uh, un- unease is restless or like the example is given of a building that the buildings of the bricks of the buildings go together they interlink with each another they help support each another so in this current situation that we find ourselves in the ummah finds itself in it's a very difficult situation and we have to speak a little about that and very very importantly make lots of dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we, that is the weapon that we have the weapon that we have is we have the control of Allah we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on our sides who is in control of all affairs he knows he is Hakim he is Khabir he is Sami and Basir he is the one who can hear all hearing he is Basir all seeing he is most wise so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who was present with the Sahaba Ikram and assisted them then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away then the Sahaba Ikram were very um, no, they couldn't accept it. They found it very difficult to accept. Like people, like Umar radiallahu anh, they found it very difficult to accept the fact that Rasulullah sallallahu has passed away. And they want to challenge those that made that claim. And then only when Abu Bakr radiallahu anh came and he recited the verses, Wa ma Muhammadun illa Rasul qad khalat bin qabli rasul that Nabi sallallahu is just a messenger of Allah. This world is a temporary place and he's gone to his abode. And then he mentioned the statement, something to his effect, Man kana ya'budu Muhammadan That whoever worship Muhammad fa'innahu mayyitun That he has passed away Man kana ya'budu Allah fa'innahu hayyun la yamut You worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is ever living he, There is no end to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There is no beginning and no end to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he is the most powerful So we have Allah on our side And we have to keep motivating and encouraging ourselves And never become despondent La taqnatu min rahmatillah Never ever lose hope and become despondent on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the help of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. وَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةُ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ That true honor and power and might is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah sallallahu and the believers. Allah puts people through different situations and tests. He is Hakim. 
<clears throat> so I mentioned, I just want to speak about two or three points. It's linked that perhaps it's like for us to empower ourselves and educate us and just remind ourselves of different aspects. So the first aspect I wanted to talk about is maybe for us to remember because after we go from the Juma, sometimes when you're sitting on the Dastarkhan or at home in the evening, we think, what did the Molana speak about in Juma? And we think about it, we forgot. Even straight after Juma, we forgot. So maybe I'll mention two or three statements and you can maybe then link it to what I was saying. So the first point I want to talk about is verification before amplif amplification. Verify before you amplify. In other words, information that comes to us, we cannot just forward it. We cannot even believe it unless we verify that. So before we pass it on to somebody, amplify is when you send something out. The amplifier is meant to make the sound go to further place, go out. So information that we get, even before we start thinking and reaching our own conclusions, we have to make sure we verify that information. And that is a very, very important part, especially also in the context of what is happening around us in the world. We should always remember the media that we have access to. If you just have to go now, all of us, majority of us sitting here, we just take out our phones and you go on to Google and you put there news, something like that, and the information just comes up within a few seconds and we're reading all that information. And like that, it's been used in schools, it's been in universities, it's been used for, for every dimension. You want to travel somewhere, all you're doing is going onto the Google and you're using the information that comes there. So this is information that is coming to us via this media, very, very, very powerful tool. But keeping in mind what I said, the information has to be verified. And now we have to always be on guard. Why? Because that information that is being sent to, to us, who is in control of that information? So how is being sent to us also, it's a very big question mark. Obviously the narrative, the way, the story that is being given is going to be biased. If the information is not given by the authentic and reliable sources, automatically there's a doubt behind that information. If you know somebody as a habitual liar, he always speaks lies, he makes up stories, and he, you had many, many experiences with him already, spoke lies, spoke lies, tell you this, you got somebody working for you, he speak, keeps speaking lies. So you're going to doubt that when he comes and tells you something. You're going to verify if he tells you something. Even if it's true, now you're going to doubt it. So if we know that the media is being controlled by people who are liars, people who are doing wrong things, and obviously they're in control of the information that is coming to us, and we are reading that information, so it will be total and gross injustice on our behalf to even think of that information to be correct. Forget about sending it to somebody else. So very important, verification, verify before we amplify. Now, I recited the ayah of the Qur'an, which is in Surah Hujarat, verse number 6, to substantiate this, how serious it is. So in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was a person by the name of Hadis bin Dirar. He was actually a father-in-law of Rasulullah because his daughter Juwaira was married to the Prophet So there are different narrations. I'm not going to go into all the details. My point is to substantiate this point of verifying before amplifying. So he came to the Prophet Some narrations had that he accepted Islam and Rasulullah explained to him the different aspects of deen, about salah, about zakah and different things. And before he left, he was belonging to a tribe which was known as the Banu Mustadik tribe. So before he left, he had an arrangement with Rasulullah that on a certain date, a certain time, 
he will send. Rasulullah will send somebody to collect zakat from him and that will be brought back to Rasulullah He's going to go back to his tribe, his people, talk to them and whatever collection is going to be made for zakat, at that appointed time somebody Rasulullah will send and then that person will bring. So he went back and at that appointed time Rasulullah already dispatched another person, a sahabi by the name of Walid ibn Uqba. He had dispatched him, he said, go to the tribe of Haris bin Dirar, go and collect their zakat from them. Because that was the arrangement between Rasulullah and Haris bin Dirar. This Walid ibn Uqba, some narrations has that he was on the way going there, and then he began to think to himself that myself and this tribe, we have some type of animosity that exists between us, some type of hatred that exists between us. Right? So either that happened or he went all the way and, and, and he came back to Rasulullah while he was thinking about that. Or he went and when he was going there, he saw that all the people, meanwhile, Haris bin Dirar had gathered all the wealth of zakah and he was getting ready for the messenger of Rasulullah to come so he can deliver it. So this Walid ibn Ubla, when he comes, he sees all the people gathered there. Then he started to think, myself and this tribe, we have some type of hatred, animosity that exists between us. Maybe they're plotting to kill me if I go there. So this person was going to collect the zakat. He came back to the Prophet and he said to Rasulullah that those people are refusing to discharge the zakat. That information was not true. He had some hatred, animosity that existed between him and that tribe. But he came to the Prophet and he said those people, they don't want to give zakat. They're refusing. The Prophet got extremely upset. He got angry and he was unhappy with this that those people I spoke to them, our arrangement was such and refusing to give zakah. So he then dispatched Khalid ibn Walid. Khalid ibn Walid was a known person, you know, a person who could control the army. He said, go and go to that place and go and check what's happening over there. And in the meanwhile, Haris bin Dirar, some narrations has, that he, st- he said, the messenger never come, let me go to Rasulullah And he was coming to meet Rasulullah So Khalid bin Walid, and Haris bin Dirar, they meet along the way. Khalid asked him, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Rasulullah. He said, why? He said, I'm going to give zakah. Somebody's supposed to come. They never come. I'm going to give, meet Rasulullah. Maybe he's upset. He said, oh, okay. Some narrations had that Abdisam sent Khalid bin Walid to go and observe those people. Are they really refusing zakah? Maybe they have left and renegated from Islam. Go and observe them. And when he goes and he observes them, he said, they're performing salah. They collected their zakah. Whatever, everything, nothing wrong. So he comes back to Rasulullah and he explains to him this is what happened. Allah revealed the verses of the Quran. That's why I'm coming to the point. Ya amanu. Allah addresses us and that is a lesson for us till the day of Qiyamah because Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, in ja'akum fasiqun. That if some person brings some uh, in, if somebody brings some information to you, some news to you, then the word of the Quran is fatabayyanu. Fatabayyanu means you must investigate. You must verify that information that has been brought to you. Otherwise, an fatabayyanu an tusibu qawman bi jahala. Imagine if Nabi Sallallahu or Khalid bin Walid didn't go and verify and check up what is happening. Then there would have been a big war and a fight between people and that person was innocent. An tusibu qawman bi jahalatin. If you do not verify the information, the end result will be an tusibu qawman then you would have acted ignorantly 
and what will happen? Sometimes you'll do such actions, but you regret the consequences of what you have done and maybe too late. So point number one, in the context of the environment we are living nowadays, we have to be very, very careful. Verification of information is crucial and we are responsible. Especially nowadays also, we can take it to another point. The information we're reading, I said, is being controlled by people who want us to listen to their narrative, their version of the story. So obviously now we have to be careful about that information. And if you're sending it to somebody else, you are complicit. You are guilty because you haven't taken the initiative to verify it. And now it's very easy nowadays with these WhatsApp groups, with this Instagram and TikTok and all those things that exist. Any person sitting in his home can just make up a story to create and this becomes a big problem. And that also sometimes can lead to family feuds and we know the, the, the implications. I hope so. That point is quite clear. So when we're discussing the first lesson that we spoke about in today's Juma was about verifying information before we amplify and before we even think any, come to any conclusion. The second part of my discussion and point for reflection today is as much as what is happening in the world today, we have to remind ourselves that it is not numbers or quantity that is important. It is quality that is required. So quality versus quantity. Quality is more important than quantity. And the quality of our iman and our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what we need to make effort on. Yes, quality, you can have uh, quantity, big number of people, all the armies of the world, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get any help of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. On the other hand, you can be small in number, have less ammunition, less arm, but there's quality. And the quality I'm talking about is the quality of our iman. And that's what we need to make effort on. Quality is important, not quantity. And that is understood from two incidents of the Quran. As I said, I'm not going to go into all the details. I'm just mentioning points of reflection for today. So the first incident is the one that we always talk about in Ramadan only. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the incident of Badr in the Quran as well. When there were 313 Sahaba, ill-equipped, small in number, facing an enemy who was three times the number, 1,000, well equipped. So as far as the quantity, they were less. Their quantity was high. One to three. 313 against 1,000. Ill equipped, they had few horses, few arms. Well equipped, lot of horses, lots of arms. Quality was different. Quantity, they can't compare. But the quality of these 313 was what, what was important. And that is what brought the help of Allah and that is what granted them victory. So we have to work on our the quality of our iman, the quality of our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we must adopt the means. We have to have our weapons and whatever Allah mentions in the Quran, وَأَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ But our conviction should not be that because we are bigger in number, that because we have more armory, arm, arms or whatever ammunition and there automatically we are guaranteed victory. No. Even if we have more, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to automatically gain victory or the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all, still needed at that time. So adopt the means, but make sure that the quality of our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is improved and worked upon. So that is from the Battle of Badr, one incident. The other incident that came to mind, I recited the verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, in, in the, the, refers to the incident of Hunayn. لَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرًا 
He says, Allah has helped you and granted you assistance in many, many instances, many places. And then he says, At the time of Hunin, I'm not going to go into the details, but Allah talks about it. If I just look at the translation or brief explanation of that verse, he says, When the Sahaba at that time, remember when they fought in the Battle of Badr, they were 313. Battle of Hunain take place around seven, eight year of Hijri, eight, nine years later. Now they got 14,000 Sahaba. 14,000 compared to earlier, 313, they won the battle, the help of Allah came. Now when it's eight years, nine years later, they are 14,000. How many times more is 300? More than 10, how many? Thousand times more. More people. So automatically, for a small moment of time, Allah says as Sahaba, the focus shifted slightly. It could be a lesson for us and for them. Shifted to their numbers. They thought, now we are big in number. We are bigger in number. Automatically, it will be easy for us. And it so happened that when they went into this battle, the enemies were also strategically placed. You can read the incident. How they, for a small moment, a short moment of time, they were causing great difficulties on the Muslims at that time. Eventually, the Muslims won. But at that time, there was like a sort of temporary, they went through difficulties and hardships. There were like some losses they had to incur. So Allah reminds them, ankum shay'a. That the number that you have, that never help you. When the help of Allah came. So it's very, very important for us to remind ourselves about the quality of our iman and our efforts that we make. And the quality has to do with what's the criteria, what's the criteria of quality? The quality of our iman. Quality of our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third point of reflection for today is, yes, people are going through difficulties in other parts of the world and we want people to change. We want the governments of the world to change the attitude and the behavior and what rules they have in place and the mindset, we want it to change. But the reality is we cannot change those people sitting here. So perhaps for a reflection for us, that in Allah la yughayyiru ma biqawmin hatta yughayyiru ma bi'anfusihim that Allah will not change the condition of a people unless and until they change their own conditions so we are yes we cannot justify we not legitimize what the governments of the world are doing the corruption that is there the barbaric behavior that they have the injustices and the inequality whatever wrongs they have not for a single moment justifying what I am saying is we have to start by changing our own attitude and behavior and what we are doing so that inshallah that will make a change because Allah says that the condition of a people will not change until we change ourselves so there's an incident that come perhaps I mentioned it before where that person sat and he says I want to change the world I want to change the world when he sat down to think how he's going to change the world, he found an impossible task for me. One person to change the world, how am I going to do it? So he gave up on that. So then he thought about it, let me change my continent. Maybe the world is too big, fast place to change. Let me change Africa. At least that will be possible. When he sat down to think about how many countries in Africa, 40, 50 countries, how am I going to do it? He said, nah, impossible. He sat down quietly. Then he said, okay, let me change South Africa. Maybe I can change the whole of South Africa, all the problems we have. He realized nine provinces, how am I going to solve the problem of nine provinces? Sat down quietly. Then he said, okay, let me change KwaZulu Natal. I'll change all the things of here, what's happening, all the corruption. See, how am I going to do that? Impossible. He said, let me change Tekwini. 
see impossible let me change my neighborhood and locality that too you cannot do. say okay let me change my family my clothes all my haggas i'll change them get them to come right you know change their thinking and their behavior and their attitudes you see but that's also impossible they came to a conclusion i can only change myself that's in my control immediately i change myself then inshallah that will have impact on my family and then it will impact on my community and impact on my town impact on my country it has to start with some type of difference from us and basic things we're not talking about complicated things for now if we inshallah have this conviction with basic things like getting our salah in order our ibadat in order our mu'amalat our dealing in order that's a lesson for us it's happening to those people in other parts of the world i just read before we come they're talking about in the next 24 hours they want over 1 million people from the north of gaza to move towards the south imagine put ourselves in that situation you must take in the, from today if it's 12 30 by 12 30 tomorrow you have to move from here from if you're living in uh, let's say this is a sea cow lake you have to move go to towards stanger to go further south what you take is your problem because we're coming in here and we're going to finish this place up it sounds like a far-fetched thing but that's the reality and the challenge of the people on the ground may allah make it uh, easy for them but i'm saying the lesson for us what are we giving priority to how is it making a difference to my thinking my relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are we just talking is happening to those people too bad for them make dua for them yes we make dua for them but we have to make a concerted effort of changing our priorities our connection with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i know i got one or two minutes left so just to remind the first point verify before we amplify number two quality versus quantity number three changing ourselves that's in our control let's try and do that all inshallah fourthly and before i conclude is we shouldn't be suffering from what we maybe perhaps think as donor fatigue we just came out turkey had an earthquake so we were asked to contribute alhamdulillah we contributed then morocco had earthquake we contributed then libya floods we contributed then around here there's so much of needs we every time have to contribute 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 sometimes the thought might come across and go in our head how much must i contribute and i'm tired people are coming over and over to ask so we have to keep changing our mindset and attitude firstly by saying that by me giving somebody else i am not doing him a favor he is doing me a favor let me repeat by me giving somebody money or food or whatever helping somebody i am doing him a favor or he is doing me a favor which one so we have to remind ourselves that he the recipient is doing me the donor a favor how so many different ways but three ways for now number one he is giving me opportunity of discharging my obligation and responsibility and thereby i can earn reward so who's getting benefit from giving it's me if i give him something i'm getting the reward so i'm getting opportunity of earning reward and also absorbing myself obligation if i give zakah for example there's nobody to take my zakah how many discharge obligations so he is giving me opportunity number two when you give somebody the calamities and difficulties and tests that's supposed to come to you from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be repelled the prophet said it is it has it is it has the effect of removing bala and musibat and sicknesses from coming into you so when you give somebody sak, sak, some sadaqah or some zakah or some lilla 
calamities and some accidents, something supposed to happen, but barakah of the sadaqah, that is repelled. Allah makes it such a repelled. So who benefited? It created like a shield of protecting the donor. The donor is, is benefiting. Thirdly, and I'll conclude on this, and other points, but inshallah, I'll conclude on this. So inshallah, we don't become, and we don't suffer from donor fatigue. We continue giving. The more we give, the more we get. The more we give, the more we get. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the eye of the Quran, man jabil hasanay falaw ashram thaliha. A person will give, will get 10 in response. So when we give, you had a thousand rand, right? So you gave somebody 100 rand. So you see now, I had 1,000, now I got 900 and 100 less. Allah says, yamhaqullahu riba wa yurbi sadaqat. Sadaqah will cause your wealth to grow. So if I have to tell you, right, give me 100, put 100 rand investment here, I'll give you 1,000 rand. Nobody will hesitate. Immediately, we, because we can see it happening, this man says 100%. Now, if somebody gives you 10%, 15% return, we get happy. It has a very good rate of in, you know, investment that I'm getting 15%. Allah says, minimum, minimum, you're going to get 10 times more. Minimum, you're going to get 10 times more in return. So, there's a quick incident I'll conclude on to substantiate this, to encourage us, inshallah. Ali radiallahu was sitting outside his house one day and a beggar walked by. So, he said, Give me something. So Hassan and Hussein were sitting with him, radiallahu anhu, the grandson of Prophet. So he sent one of them in, go to your mother Fatima, radiallahu anhu, tell her to give us that little bit that we have. In the meanwhile, they had collected only six coins, six dirhams it was. So she said to them, it took us so long to collect the six dirhams. I need to buy something. We have starvation in our home. We have nothing else besides the six. I need to get something for our home. So they went back to Ali, radiallahu anhu, and they said that the mother said, we have only six. We have some. So it's justified. So Ali radiallahu said that the iman of a person cannot be complete. It's not complete unless and until he has more faith in that which is in the hands of Allah over that which is in his own hands. The iman of a person cannot be complete unless and until he has more faith on that which is in the hands of Allah over that which is in, in his own hands. So he, he sent the son back and said, go tell your mother must give me all six now. So she never had an option. She gave all six. He took it. He gave it to that beggar and he said, chalo. Now, very soon after that, somebody was walking by, he was selling a camel. So Ali Radhi asked him, what's this? He said, I'm selling the camel. He said, how much? He said, 140. So he bought the camel for 140 on credit. He said, I'll pay you later. That man said, no problem. Ali Radhi was still sitting and he had the camel there. Another person walked by, he said, Ali, what is this? He said, I got a camel. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm selling. He said, how much? He said, I'm selling it for 200. Deal done. Man paid his 200. He took his camel and he's gone. Ali Radhi allowed took the 140, paid his supplier. And he sent 60 to his wife. She said, where did this come from? She said, Man A person who does one good deed, Allah will give you 10 in response. So she gave six. Allah immediately showed them 60. Conviction. So who benefits? The donor. person who gives will benefit. So the more we give, inshallah, the more we will get. And also not forgetting the dua. The dua of a believer is very, very, very powerful and very important that we continuously make uh, um, dua for those who are going through difficulties in all parts of the world. May Allah assist them. May Allah remove those difficulties, replace with comfort and ease the women who are suffering and dying, the, the children who are dying, becoming orphans, the properties that are being destroyed. Inshallah, the help of Allah will come and Allah grant them a better replacement. Allah, 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 Allah,
الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد يا أيها الذين آمنوا إن جاءكم فاسق بنبأ فتبينوا فتبينوا أن تصيبوا قوما بجهالة فتصبحوا على ما فعلتم نادمين وقال تبارك وتعالى إن الله لا يغير ما بقوم حتى يغير ما بأنفسهم وقال تبارك وتعالى إنما المؤمنون إخوة فأصلحوا بين أخويكم واتقوا الله لعلكم ترحمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وأن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي يبغضهم وخير الناس قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر الدين وجعلنا منهم اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وكنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك إنه لا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم من جميع الذنوب والخطايا ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على النبي الكريم اللهم اغفر لنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وألف بين قلوبهم وأصلح ذات بينهم وانسرهم على عدوك وعدوهم اللهم لعن الكفرة الذين يسدون عن سبيلك ويكذبون رسلك ويقاتلون أولياءك اللهم خالف بين كلمتهم وزلزل أقدامهم وأنزل بهم بأسك الذي لا ترده عن القوم المجرمين اللهم إنا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغ يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله العلي العظيم يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر الله يعلم ما تسنون كين يستيقنا وصف فلين دقابس
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والتين والزيتون وطور سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان في أحسن تقويم ثم رددناه أسفل سافنين إلا الذين آمنوا وأمنوا الصالحات فلهم فلهم أجر غير ممنون فما يكذبك بعد بالدين أليس الله بأحكم الحاكمين الله أكبر سبحان ربي العظيم سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين أرأيت الذي يكذب بالدين فذلك الذي يدع اليتيم ولا يحض على طعام المسكين فويل للمصلين الذين هم عن صلاتهم ساهون الذين هم يراءون ويمنعون الماعون الله أكبر سمي الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم صل على سيدنا مولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد 
ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار برحمتك يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأخننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم اشف مرضانا ورحم موتانا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم انصر اخواننا المستضعفين والمظلومين في فلسطين وفي كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم ايدهم بتاييد من عندك اللهم امنا في اوطاننا واصلح ائمتنا وولاه امورنا اللهم انا نجعلك في نهورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا مع الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والاسيان واجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا واليك المصير رحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين